Your feeble efforts amuse me, human. Hello and welcome to our video gaming podcast. I'm Jamie Kirkwood of Edinburgh Napier University, and I'm going to talk to you today about how video games have influenced our lives. We'll also talk a little about the positive and negative effects of excessive gaming upon children and teenagers, and some of the controversy which surrounds both younger players and a perceived increase in violence in video games. I'll be graciously accompanied by Michael and Cameron, both of whom could be considered avid gamers, who were introduced to gaming during early childhood and have developed a strong passion for all manner of games throughout their teenage years. They've agreed to share their opinions on some of the most pressing issues facing both parents and teenagers today to give us an insight into these situations from a gamer's perspective. Welcome, gentlemen. The first segment I want to talk about is Game Incorporation, which can be witnessed in all forms of our society. Games are incorporated into anything these days, from games of Snake and Tetris, installed on the treadmill machines at the gym, to landline phones and even washing machines. It seems a little like simple games are seeping into proportions of our life that they traditionally never did. It is gone a bit too far, but it affects into your normal daily life. The things are enjoyable, fun, and it's, it just makes things interesting. Most of these things are just used as entertainment for us. I don't think it's gone too far, I think it's just we're being more creative with it. Uh, obviously, as you said, if we're putting games in washing machines or treadmills, it's a bit out of place, it's not something you expect to see. Again, it's probably just something to just pass the time with and keep us entertained. Although gaming corporation can be a scary thought to some, I want to explore some of the positive aspects of gaming. I want to find out whether having games implemented in every portion of our life is actually something to fear. Health benefits are something which has been widely disputed, but also has had much praise. Researchers have found that action games can train the brain into processing existing visual information much more efficiently. A research experiment concluded that Call of Duty players had improved perception of different shades of grey compared to those who did not play. The armed forces also use video games to train their infantry. Prepare yourself. Games, you're making fast responses, you have to think about what you're doing, solving problems. Stuff like Portal as well, it's kind of a mixture between first person shooter and puzzle. I think it, it does have its good points. It does obviously affect you in probably bad ways, but I notice with me, it, you do have faster reaction times because when playing shooter games, you have to be fast, eliminate the enemy. valuable use of video games in real-life activities strengthens the bond between real world and video games. It demonstrates how gaming has impacted upon real people. There has been widespread interest in how video games affect mental agility, performance and perception of the mind. Since the launch of brain training for the Nintendo DS in 2006, there has been a sharp increase in educational games or ones which stimulate the brain. I don't think they'll fade, people enjoy them, but people also enjoy crosswords. I think the digital memory games will probably, they'll still continue, but old-fashioned kind of pen and pencil, word searches and crosswords, that won't die out straight away. With the launch of the new Nintendo Wii and the Xbox 360 Connect, gaming has become much more of a physical activity than ever before. Instead of being pressed against a screen, you are able to use your body as a controller, and using a webcam to track your movements, you accordingly manipulate the game. With things like the Kinect and the Wii, I guess, they're introducing new gamers, they're quite cutting advancements in technology. Both of these features have attracted an audience of the young and old, welcoming a whole new generation to the concept of modern video games and familiarizing them with new technologies. We are on the verge of serious advance in gaming technology, but the old style of game won't disappear. Most new games with the um, Kinect or even the Wii are, are still primitive games, 
I think console gaming and PC gaming probably won't die out. There's still a very, very large fan base. We've looked at some of the physical and mental influences video gaming can have on the mind and the player in the intermediate term. On the other end of the spectrum, there are the consequences of excessive playing, the most notorious of which being addiction. It has been speculated that video games can incite addictive behaviour in both teenagers and adults. These symptoms often include preoccupation with being distracted, leading to irritable and disinterested behaviour. The individual might become obsessed to the point that they cannot talk about anything other than their favourite game. Defensiveness, loss of time, disguising negative feelings, and a lack of control have also been associated with video game addiction. Hardcore gamers might become distant from friends and family, sprouting a reluctance of social situations, and paying little attention to schoolwork, leading to failing grades. Yeah, I think um, it can impact somebody's social life and mental state. There's a risk of becoming addicted to anything, basically. With things like World of Warcraft, I think people are under pressure to play it, especially if you're paying for it each month. Often, the most addictive games are the ones which have no definitive end, such as the highly popular World of Warcraft and EverQuest series. These games can last for as long as the player retains interest and are generally uncompletable. When I was young, I was playing like Sega when I was, I, I was remember being young, but I didn't get completely addicted to it. Again, as you were saying, about people becoming kind of distracted, not keeping up with schoolwork. I mean, I used to play well for a while as well, and it just wastes so much time on procrastinating about doing stuff. I think there's a high risk of becoming addicted to video games, mostly because when you, you play games, sometimes time can just go by. Like you need two or three hours of actually playing a game. If addiction can have such devastating effects on a person's life, we must look at some of the reasons for playing these games despite their negative effects. Some of the reasons for why many children are compelled to play video games throughout their adolescent life have been linked to the power they feel once in the game. Yeah, as well with kids, they're always kind of forced to do what the parents tell them and then their games are basically gods almost, they can do whatever they want. There's no consequences and they're free to do whatever they want. Most children feel that they do not have much control over their world. They are generally told what to wear, eat, and when to go to sleep. In a video game, the child is in control, and this can be a very appealing factor, as an enjoyable game can often get your pulse racing and adrenaline coursing through your body. In a way, it's like a movie. When you watch a movie for a couple of hours, you do have your pulse running, and sometimes you get intrigued into the story. You know, you're brought into it. It's just something fun to do, I think. If you're at school and work all day, you come home, you play your games. It's just something that's there and you can do. It's really easy to get into. If they play excessively too much and it just becomes their, their life's in the game, all their friends is in the game. Well, one of my sister knew somebody actually, but played World of Warcraft all the time when they were just in this dark room for hours and hours and hours of the day and you know, it does impact your health as well. These are all reasons why video gaming has become a popular and competitive global industry. Leading developers are constantly fighting for the next biggest hit. Most of the large and most popular mainstream games of today have online compatibility, allowing for players to engage in multiplayer games over the internet to challenge players from across the globe. Gamers can be constantly connected through platforms such as Steam, PlayStation Network and Xbox Live. Games don't necessarily have to have multiplayer, it's more of a secondary thing. I always just play games for the storyline. Well, I think it, it depends on the game because, for instance, the Elder Scrolls series and Fallout series, those stories last for a long, long time. But games such as Call of Duty, you can complete the storyline within a few hours, so they have to have some sort of online capabilities. But some games do fail with having having uh, online capabilities because there are games that I've played in the past that there's hardly any players playing, so lack of interest. But I think it is very important to a game to make it last long.
For many people, gaming started from an early age. 91% of kids in the US and UK between the ages of 2 to 17 are gaming. The biggest increase has been among kids aged 2 to 5 years old. This means that throughout a child's life, they have a higher risk of video game addiction. I think it is a bad thing when you get cases of people that neglect parts of their life that they just enjoy playing games too much that they don't want to enjoy anything else. The only thing they think about is games. That can have an impact. It depends on the people. The majority of kids, I don't think they would really get too addicted to it to the extent where they're playing it, you know, every day and they want to skip school to play it. As long as their parents kind of keep an eye on them and make sure what they're playing is suitable, then I have no issue with that. Obviously, if you have like 10 little kids playing COD as well, it's a nuisance for other players. I mean, no one wants to be stuck in a server with people with kind of high-pitched squeaky voices that are in the game. Final round. As the level of violence in video games has increased, so has the concern for the effects on those who play, especially those who play a lot, and of younger players. Many hit titles such as Grand Theft Auto and Modern Warfare series have been criticised for their lifelike portrayal of graphic violence and often racial and hatred themes. People used to say it was like just rock and roll back in the 50s, 60s, that was making people violent. People blamed films. It's real easy to blame games for a lot of problems today. Just it's all down to the individual, I guess, like their personality. Yeah, well, I, th I do think it is a bad thing when children are introduced to games really young. It has been blown up proportion, but it's mostly the old and older generation that thinks it's blown up proportion. They are obviously the level of violence is kill her quite extreme in these games, but the gamers they, they don't see that. It's up to the, the the moral decisions of that person of what they do inside that game. I would like to thank both Michael and Cameron greatly at this point for their opinions and thoughts as this has proved quite a provoking discussion and probed deeply into video gaming culture than I have ever thought possible. Winner!